Father Luke was ordained a priest in 2003 with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. His community aims to live in imitation of St. Francis of Assisi as they seek to follow in the footsteps of Jesus as a prophetic witness that life is a pilgrimage to the Father, a faith, hope, and love of God and neighbor made possible by the Holy Spirit. They participate in Christ's renewal at all things through prayer, fraternal life, service of the poor, and evangelization. This is a Know His Love story. A time before I really knew about God's personal love for me, um, I would just say it was kind of interesting growing up in Indiana in a, a Catholic home, but very nominally Catholic, so mostly secular. You know, I, now that I look back and, and see the, the milestones growing up, we were kind of, um, you know, go to church sometimes and mostly on holidays and didn't really have uh, any kind of tradition of uh, prayer life in the home, maybe say grace before meals, like on holidays or something. And I uh, went to public school and kind of grew up a really typical secular kid, you know, uh, I grew up loving sports and uh, music and looking back all the popular TV shows and movies and all those things that kind of go into forming your worldview that, you know, that was kind of me. And uh, now that I think about it all these years later, I realize um, as good as things were, there was definitely a lot of good memories from childhood and young adulthood. Um, as good as things were, it was kind of like um, without that personal love of God uh, in my life, I would say things were kind of shallow. A certain, maybe if I could put it this way, um, I don't know if this will make sense, kind of like uh, living life on the horizontal and not much vertical. So not, not a, a big sense of the, what some people may call like the existential questions, like what is life about? What is the meaning of life? And why am I here? And where am I going? And how do I get there? And just more of like living for the day, you know? So you're just excited about, you know, your, your favorite sports team and whatever the next game is or your favorite group, whatever their next album or concert or, you know, um, your favorite, just kind of living life for, things that were now I could say later I you know kind of shallow and just kind of on a horizontal level and uh, not not really having a great sense of uh, meaning and value and purpose more of just living for the day and seeking out enjoyable experiences and uh, sometimes good sometimes not good <laughs> and um, but also I would say um, in, in that stage of life thinking about the lack of a personal relationship with God, our father, I think my relationships with others also were kind of shallow. You tend to gravitate towards people that you like for whatever reason, or if you have like a shared interest, you know, somebody on your sports team or if you have a particular type of movies that you love, like Star Wars, and you, you kind of bond over being Star Wars nerds, <laughs> things like that. Um, whatever the fads were, the 1980s growing up as a kid in the 1980s, there was a lot of great fads. So but lots of fads and embarrassing hairstyles. And, you know, it was the advent of rap music and break dancing and Star Wars and heavy metal music. It, it, the list goes on and on and on. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I would say like the, the basic idea there 
is a certain living on a horizontal level, um, kind of certain shallowness to life and to relationships, and not a whole lot of focus on the deeper things. October 20th, 1990, I was at a rock concert in Indianapolis, Indiana. And during that rock concert, I had a religious experience where um, we just had my 30th anniversary of this experience <laughs> just a few weeks ago. Um, something came upon me, the Holy Spirit came upon me and something like scales fell off of my eyes and I received the gift of faith where I just knew on the core of my being that God was real and that he had a plan for me. And it was somewhat like um, a spiritual or internal earthquake, which is kind of a big shakeup personally and uh, an opportunity to kind of reevaluate, like, what am I doing and where am I going? And, you know, in some ways asking those big questions of life for the first time as an 18 year old. And uh, I had uh, an understanding of, I think God is real and I'm not maybe with him and I need to get to confession. That was one of the first graces I realized and, and uh, started to really pray. I remember that night going to sleep back in my dorm room at Ball State University there in Muncie, Indiana, and, and praying very sincerely, very much from the heart, Lord, if you're real, I would really like to know you. And uh, if you have a plan for my life, please show me what it is and I will follow. I'll never forget kind of a spontaneous heartfelt prayer that kind of was uh, um, a big step. You can imagine that uh, footage of them stepping on the moon, right? Like one small step for a man, one large leap for mankind. I, it's like, this was what, that moment for me. And um, it began with prayer, really going to confession, coming back to church and going to Eucharistic adoration and getting involved in some like young adult Christian groups. And um, that really started to change things for me you know it didn't happen overnight but little by little by little i felt like i was starting to get to know the lord getting to know the faith a little better and that also had a big impact on um, my relationships it's like no longer just living life in a shallow horizontal way but really thinking more about the deeper things and also uh my ability to love people took on a completely different depth with an understanding that who we are made in his image and likeness created with a destiny and a purpose to live for eternity with God in heaven and complete and total happiness and starting to like understand that that was my existence, but also the, the reality for all those that were in my life too. And it kind of opened up a whole new dimension of, uh, relationship and for loving one another and yeah it was really kind of exciting and beautiful in those early days of like, now I understand they call it like first fervor you know when you're kind of coming off a big conversion and your big things are changing and you're just kind of excited and you just you know filled with wonder and awe and kind of excitement for the future um, so when I made my first confession after many, 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 many years, I had a great experience. There was an old Monsignor that was kind of hard of hearing, partially deaf, deaf. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get so nervous going in there. And then after you receive God's mercy and love and forgiveness, you kind of just float out of there. 
and I had this experience of just thinking, man, maybe I should be a priest. You know, it was like the first really concrete kind of moment of like, wow, I think this might be for me. And um, so during my college days, I was visiting different communities and my own diocese, trying to pray and discern where the Lord might be leading me. Um, I felt called to join this group of Franciscans in the Bronx, New York City, Franciscans of the Renewal. And um, so I had visited, I had made the application, the ball was rolling, and I was so kind of enthusiastic and, and zealous to give my, my life to the Lord and to, you know, respond to his love for me, dying for me, giving his life for me, so maybe I could give my life for him and for his people. And um, so this is where it gets interesting. I was uh, graduated from college. I was accepted by the friars, you know, the, the postulancy begins in September, kind of like the school year, getting ready to be a freshman friar. <laughs> and I had a number of college loans that I had to pay off and uh, before I could join. And so I had been working, had also been reaching out to different organizations, you know, at my parish and, and other Catholic organizations that had kind of offered to help pay for my loans. And when you know, over that summer, one by one by one, um, each one of those groups for different reasons um, backed out on me and changed their mind. So here it comes beginning of September. And I just felt it was really an intense um, test, a real test of faith. Like, Lord, I thought I heard you call me. I, I, I said, yes, I'm ready. I've committed, I'm going to join. And yet now I can't, and you can imagine that reality kind of it, it it makes you you know reevaluate in your your did I discern wrong or what what is this you know going on well I know now it was a test and so after here's the thing after all of my own efforts to wheel and deal and work and pay off these loans everything failed and it became clear that I was not going to be able to join and so I thought okay well, maybe I'll take a year and try to work. And maybe a year from now after working and uh, maybe two years, it was quite a lot of loans. Um, I would be able to pay it off and join, but you can imagine how that, how that felt interiorly. So I hit this moment and I'm at home with my family and I'm looking for, you know, to send my application out to get jobs somewhere. And I get a phone call out of the clear blue. And on the phone call was one of our priests, uh, Father Benedict Groeschel, who's now deceased, but you may have heard of him from like EWTN or some of his books. He was a Catholic author. And he says, what are you doing this year? And I said, well, first of all, I'm just shocked he has my home phone number, you know. <laughs> and I said, Father, I, you know, I want to join. I felt called to join. I applied. I was accepted, but I have these college loans and uh, I tried and I'm just not able to pay them off. So I don't know, maybe in a year or two, if, if it's, if I still feel called, maybe I could join. And he says, well, young man, he goes, I'm, I'm at an event. And uh, this person came up to me and said they were praying and they felt in, in, in prayer that the Lord told them, you're supposed to pay the loans for a young man trying to join Father Groeschel. And then she came up and asked me, is there a young man who needs his loans paid off? And this, this is a person who coincidentally had some connection to Franciscan University. <laughs> Somebody, I, we don't even know each other. And he says, get a plane ticket. You're coming to New York. Your loans are, are paid. Unbelievable. 
I had um, that day in, in my struggle, I had read a passage from the diary of St. Faustina, you know, the divine mercy saint. And she had a similar situation where she had to wait to before she could join the convent. And so I thought, okay, she's the saint for me. Please pray for me for God's mercy. And I uh, opened her diary randomly and I came across this passage from paragraph 281 where she wrote, I feel certain that my mission will not come to an end upon my death, but will begin. Oh, doubting souls, I will draw aside for you the veils of heaven to convince you of God's goodness so that you will no longer continue to wound with your distrust, the sweetest heart of Jesus. God is love and mercy. And when I read that passage, it hit me like a lightning bolt. And then that really random, unexpected phone call. And uh, two days later, I'm on an airplane to go to New York City, you know, completely not anything of my own doing. And it was like this moment of just crystal clear that God is there. He's a loving father that he provides and that we can trust in him. And I think that experience really set the tone for my vocation, for my religious life, for my faith journey, that again and again and again, there is this thing of struggle and maybe, you know, in terms of like a biblical idea, there's like the test, right? You think of Abraham, you think of so many moments of like testing. And if you, you pray and you have faith and you trust in amazing and unexpected ways, uh, God will provide. And uh, that's kind of carried over into my faith journey, but also into my ministry and into my relationships, this kind of bedrock that we, we can firmly plant our feet, that God is good and that he's trustworthy and that in his love for us, he will provide what we need, uh, even above and beyond anything we're capable of on our own. Um, I'm still finding that out. It's that journey is still happening. You know, if God is our father, and that we are called to be in, to be sons, to be daughters, to be in the relationship of, of child, you know, child to parent. Like what it, that means is that, uh, like anyone, you may know, like your parents will do anything for you, right? That they're always there for you, and they, the love, the protection, the the providence, the providing that uh, God is there and he, he wants to be in our lives and he wants to be helping us as we journey through this valley of tears. And uh, that is a lifelong journey. You know, I think of those passages like in the gospel where Jesus says, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then the word for God that he taught us to use is Abba, Abba Father, which is a very beautiful and endearing term that you think of a little kid calling out for their papa, you know, and that this is the kind of relationship that the, the almighty, the maker of the universe wants to have that kind of relationship with each one of us. It, uh, that is a lifelong journey to understand what that means. You may have heard the phrase, God speaks in stereo. You know, if you feel like you're getting a message from the Lord from your left, and then you get the same message from a different source off to your right, right? It's in stereo. So for me, I often feel like uh, God's ex expressing his personal love for me through prayer. So as a priest, you know, we pray the breviary, the liturgy, the hours. We're privileged to have the Holy Mass every day, kind of living from the liturgy of the church, this opportunity to pray and to uh, contemplate God's word on a daily basis. 
And um, so, so often there'll be an idea or a theme or a message that I will feel stirring in my heart during prayer. And uh, that's always been a really clear and concrete way that I feel God's personal love, something that comes along that just really just, oh, I needed to hear that today, you know, that kind of thing. And then the second way would be through experiences. So when you're out living your life, whatever that might be for me and my ministry or my religious life with the brothers I live with or people that I encounter. And when you feel a very similar message come to you through your experiences and it matches something that came to you through your prayer, for me, those are like the two ways that are really clear. And I feel like, okay, I think I'm uncovering something of God's word right now, like every day there's a word that God wants to speak to us. We need to be open. We need to be looking for it, praying for it, asking for it, right? Knock and it shall be open to you, that kind of thing. And when I get an, uh, a message through prayer and meditation, and then that seems to be echoed in an experience that I have, and it could be anything kind of uh, boring or normal, and sometimes it's hilarious and unexpected, and they come together, it's like, uh, I feel like those are the ways that I really know God's personal love in my life. So every year, there's this thing that happens in Catholic households when we're about to enter the season of Lent. And there's conversations that happen around the dinner table. What are you going to do for Lent? You know, what are you going to give up? Are you going to, you know, pray or fast or something ascetical practice, right? Give up chocolate or and uh, so every year I'm always praying and asking the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me, help me to go deeper, what, what you know, inspire me, like what I should be doing for Lent. So one year, um, it was a couple of days before Ash Wednesday, and I was a chaplain at our youth center in the Bronx, and I was hearing confessions in, uh, in our youth center. And as I was waiting for the young people to come, there was a Bibles on the shelf. So I, I grabbed one of the Bibles, said a little prayer, thought, let me just do a little reading from God's word here. And um, that that was definitely something concrete that I would advise people who are struggling to know the love of God in their own life. It's kind of a, a regular, committed, kind of prayerful time with God's word, especially the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as I opened this Bible, there was a little handwritten note inside of it. This is just a random Bible off the shelf. And this note clearly had been written by a kid. And this person wrote, what do you do when you pray, but you feel like God doesn't answer you because you're not important. So he doesn't have to answer you. And when I read that little note, knowing that it was from one of these kids in the youth center there in the Prague, I just some way kind of broke my heart, you know, and I grabbed that little note and I've got an inspiration for like a practice for that Lent. So I have a little pocket kind of over my heart in my, my, my Franciscan robes. There's like hidden pockets everywhere. And for the whole of Lent, I carried that little note in the pocket over my heart. And all of Lent, I found myself praying and interceding for any person who felt like they didn't matter, that God didn't care about them, that they were unimportant and that God didn't need to like answer their prayers because they didn't matter. And throughout that entire Lent, as I'm praying for these people, not only the, the kid who wrote that note, but you know, just people who are in that category, all of Lent, I kept having all these amazing encounters with people who were struggling with that very thing. 
And I was able to help them, pray for them, encourage them, speak a word into their experience from the Lord. And uh, so that would be kind of a story that is still impacting me all these years later to, to encourage people to pray and to be open and to, to tell the Lord, you know, if you have a word for me or a message or some guidance you want to give me, I'm open. Like, help me to be open. Help me, you know, um, to have spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears to hear and a spiritual mind to understand the things of God, you know. And um, I think that that prayer kind of going back to the prayer that I said in that dorm room all those years ago, Lord, I believe you're real. I, if, if you're real, I want it to be you in my life. If you have a, a, a plan for my life, you know, show me and I will follow. Um, that would be my, my best advice to anyone who is maybe struggling to and doubting whether or not their God personally knows and loves them to pray that prayer sincerely every day and then to be kind of on the lookout for the ways that God might be sending you a sign.